Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Woten. One of the first things you mentioned is how Daniel Jones was in the building, just like Joe Shane did the other day. So there's a lot of excitement with your hire from fans um, because of what you did do with Josh Allen. How do we kind of temper those expectations? What should we expect about the, your impact on this Giants offense and what you could do with Daniel? Yeah, we're going to take it day by day. Uh, look, we're not going to make any predictions, and I, I wouldn't do that to Daniel or really any player. I don't think that's fair to compare him to another guy that I was working with. Um, you know, he's, he's himself. We're going to find out what he does well. We're going to try to implement a system that suits him. And then it's our job to bring pieces in that help him to be the best version of himself and the best quarterback for us. Uh, He's got the right mindset. Uh, He's got good size. There's there's a lot of things to like about Daniel. Um, And we'll just take it one day at a time. We'll work with him. We'll help him get better. We'll help him be a better leader. We'll help him be everything. You know, that's that's our job as a coaching staff and as an organization. It takes everybody. It's not just it's not just me. You know, it's the rest of the coaches on our staff. It's the scouts. It's the support staff. It's the ownership group. Uh, It takes it takes a lot to raise a quarterback, if you will. you know, and he's been he's been around the block here these last three years with some different pieces. We're going to try to give him some stability and, and just take it from there. All right, welcome to the show, uh, Nick. It's been a minute for us, man. How has the uh, how's the first couple weeks of the Bills offseason been treating you? I it, it seemed like it's it seemed like it's been months, but it's only been a couple weeks since that Kansas City game. But how's the offseason treating you so far? Oh, just so much freedom, Ryan. We have almost nothing up on Bills Wire. Oh, my fingers were. Now it's still the same old grind. It's uh. It's always something in Bill's world, it seems, especially now. You know, I know we're going to touch on some hiring, some moving around, some, you know, Josh Allen thoughts and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're grinding right along, kind of just, you know, giving ourselves a little bit of time away. Now, you know, we, we got a couple report cards out there. See how I graded the Bills offense. We got the defense coming up this week and everything. But, yeah, it does really seem like that was forever ago. But, really, the finishing touches on this regular se- or the 2021 season, I guess you could say, for the Bills in the division round, not that far uh, not that far in the past. But it seems like it really is, huh? Yeah, it does. But, you know, I think the big news here, and let's start, um, you know, as we continue the grind here in the offseason, Nick, the grind never stops. Uh, Brian Dayball. He's been hired as the head coach of the Giants. I think I don't think it's that surprising that Dayball got hired somewhere. He was a he was a hot commodity, and I, I actually love the hire for the Giants. I think Dayball's ready to have his chance, right, to run his own program. Made a ton of sense with Joe Shane joining the Giants as well uh, as their GM. However, you are leaving a situation in Buffalo where you're working with an MVP level quarterback in Josh Allen. You're really close to kicking down the door for a Super Bowl. And when Buffalo does do that, Nick, it's going to be a scene. It's going to be special when that eventually happens, and it is going to happen soon. Uh, and Dayball's right there with the Bills on the cusp of it. So he's leaving that for a franchise that is literally the epitome of dysfunction, right? The Giants are just a freaking dumpster fire, and you're basically starting at square one, which he has talked about ad nauseum since joining there. So uh, you're going from the top to the bottom a little bit. So I, I do look at Dayball and go, hmm, uh, you sure the, you sure you want to go to the Giants there, Brian? But uh, at the end of the day, I do think it's a good hire for the Giants. I think it's a good situation for him that he's getting his shot. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's gotten a lot of uh, good opening grades, if you will. You know, you see all these, uh, I guess we always call them talking heads, all these outlets, ESPN, they're handing out their grades, say, for the head coaching hires, nine of them so far. We grade everything well, nowadays, right? Come on. Yeah, of course. Got to grade everything. I mean, grading is great. That's why I did a report card on the Bills 2021 season. Please go to Bills Wire and read it. Um, but uh, Shameless good plug. Shameless plug. Shameless. Shameless. <laughs> you know me. Um but uh, yeah, it's getting good marks. But having said that, I kind of uh, 
chuckled a little bit because Sean McDermott was, you know, the worst head coaching hiring in 2017. And now he's one of the only ones left, you know, <laughs> nobody point. understood why that was happening. And, and I'm one that's to, you know, knock around McDermott here and there about things he says, but to his credit, uh, he's still around and he's turned around probably one of the worst teams in recent memory into a very, very good Super Bowl potentially bound team, you know, but um, yeah, a lot to unpack with Dable and to, uh, to New York. I mean, it looks like they're really diving them being the, the Giants into the well, let's see if Daniel Jones can uh, can beat Josh Allen, which is I mean, that's very bold. That storyline has really frustrated me. <laughs> it has. Like the fact that Dayball uh, not only is he starting at square one, uh, which he is, but one of the first questions from the New York media is like, Oh, well, you know, they're comparing Daniel Jones to Josh Allen right out of the right out of the gate and it's like Huh? Like, really? That's that's tough for Brian to sit there and answer those questions. It is. Yeah, and, and it's like when he got his hands on Allen, I mean, you're starting with, like, a fresh slate, too. You're not getting that Daniel Jones. He's a couple years into the league now. Um, and then you got the owner coming out even before Dable technically was hired. And I know we have a lot of this, uh, you know, uh, Flores lawsuit, Brian Flores lawsuit and stuff going on with with uh, the Giants and NFL and whatnot, but um, even more so. And, and, you know, whatever your thought is on that situation, that's not what I'm touching on. But regardless of any of that, it seemed like from day one, as soon as you see Joe Shane gets hired, you're kind of like, okay, Brian Dable is going to be the hire. 100%. Yep. That's kind of that's kind of how it goes. It was almost nothing, uh, nothing hidden behind the scenes where, you know, certainly probably that does happen in the NFL, but so does – you know, a little bit of uh, the spoil system here, I guess you can say. And you could kind of see, you know, Joe Shane's coming from Buffalo where he saw firsthand Sean McDermott comes in and then Brandon Bean comes in. They have their background together. Well, so do so do Brian and I. So we're on the same page. You're going to try to be lockstep. And I think that that was kind of what was going to happen the whole time. But again, is that what's going to happen with Josh Allen? And with Josh, or excuse me, Daniel Jones. Josh Allen was a, a raw product. No expectations on him. No glaring new york media down his neck um the owner comes out before even hiring anyone we mess we did everything to mess this kid up that was a good quote you're right that was actually i actually like that quote from uh, john merrick i I, I did like the honesty in that quote yeah but it's kind of like okay okay this is you don't want to you don't want to bring in a rookie you don't want to bring in uh, you don't want you do not like the prospects this year maybe it's a situation where Shane went in and said, because I mean, if you think back again, you want to make another comparison to Buffalo? Sean McDermott came in and said, hey, you know, this Tarod Taylor guy is pretty good. We, we can roll with him for a year and make the playoffs. And then apparently they liked the QB prospects. Five of them went in the first round the year after, one of them being Josh Allen, potentially the best one being Josh Allen, and that's who they got. So is that maybe, you know, are they forecasting now in two years that uh, two NFL drafts, I should say, that maybe the Giants will like something better than Daniel Jones? And, I don't know. I'm just speculating, of course. But uh, I mean, this this it, it, the hole even keeps getting deeper and deeper in terms of now Davis Webb, the de facto quarterback coach, one of the like four guys that's credited with helping Josh Allen. Now he's he's in New York. He got signed by the Giants. Um, they're doing they're really pulling off all the stops in New York. And um, they want to be know, Buffalo, we'll, I think they want to be the Buffalo Giants. Which is, you know, I, you know, I sent, uh, I sent my friend the, uh, the, the gif or the video from uh, Superbad where, where he goes, people don't forget because like, uh, my Giants friends are all like, uh, our Giants fan friends are all like, oh yeah, the Bills are trying to be Josh Allen, blah blah blah. And I was like, remember when we were in college and you used to talk all that smack about the Bills? And they're like, so what? What do you mean? Well, well, people don't forget. <laughs> Look where we are now. And yeah, being insane. that quote, other team from New York. Yeah, no, not so yeah, fast. Not so fast, ins- Giants fans. Insanity. The how, how much that's going on and. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, the Bills, uh, I think in their own right, they had a couple of good hires, which we're going to get to uh, in terms of replacing a couple folks in-house. But, um, yeah, yeah, the Giants are really uh, putting their hands in the, the – I think it was Quentin Morris. This, the, he's a, I know he's a practice squad. It's tight end or fullback, but that position is kind of one of the same anyways with the Bills. He had the, the tweet that said the Giants are in our cookie jar. And uh, they are – they, they don't have one hand in the cookie jar. They had two hands in the Buffalo Bills cookie jar trying to – I mean, Davis Webb, the quarterback's coach, Shea Tierney, he's now the Giants quarterback's coach. Man, if Daniel Jones doesn't look like uh, look like a certain six foot five quarterback hanging around Orchard Park in about six months, it's going to be some problems going on in uh, New Jersey. That's all I got to say. No pressure. No pressure, Dave. All you just got to turn Daniel no, Jones none. into Josh Allen right away. No, uh, none, none, none. Yeah. But, but I think that I think that is something I convinced myself as we're talking that if they if that doesn't work out with Daniel Jones. 
I think that they're going to definitely – I mean, again, the Bills, they w- went to the playoffs with, with Terod Taylor. They had to trade up to get Josh Allen, but I could see something like that happening next year. But, you know, good luck, Daniel Jones. A feather in the Bills cap that they traded up for Josh Allen. It's just a great look that they moved not, – not only did they draft him, they moved up and got him, and he is now who he is, the MVP. Hindsight, hindsight 2020 worked out well, and they still managed to keep – they still managed to keep their other first-round pick in that draft, too, Ryan. They got Tremaine Edmonds in that first round as well. A right, little bit right, of debate right, out. Right. A little bit of a debate out in, you know, how well he is. He's, he's pretty solid, but you didn't give up a first-round pick to move up in the first round. I mean, man, chef's kiss from Brandon Bean. I don't know if Joe Shane's got that in his back pocket, but we'll see hey, what he learns. You know, we'll see, yeah, we'll see what he we'll got. See. And, you know, speaking of the Giants' hands in the, in the cookie jar, and they totally are. That's a great way to put it. I love that. Uh, Ken Dorsey. They tried to get Ken Dorsey too, right? That I think Dayball would would have loved to have Ken Dorsey come over and be his offensive coordinator over in New York. Uh, the Bills were able to uh, keep Ken Dorsey in house. He's the new offensive coordinator for the Bills, taking over for Dayball, and he was the quarterbacks coach last season. And so that my initial thought was like, well, at least you know he's got a nice connection with Josh Allen. That's clearly there. That's what you need with your offensive coordinator and your quarterback. And then I dug a little bit deeper. I was trying to find out like let's let's find out what does Josh Allen think about. Uh, Dorsey like what has he said about Dorsey and Josh Allen loves this guy like Josh Allen actually calls him Dorse right he's got his own nickname Dorse he loves Dorse he says big time nickname there Dorse 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 so Josh Allen loves him some Dorse and also Josh Allen's on record saying that I'm paraphrasing but basically that the trajectory of his career changed it wasn't necessarily Dayball he's actually credited Dorse with helping change the trajectory of his career when Dorsey came in as the uh, QB coach. So Josh Allen loves him some Dorsey. I think the default is, oh, Dayball developed Josh Allen. That's why he's getting these questions on, oh, are you going to be able to mold Daniel Jones just like you molded Josh Allen? But I think maybe Ken Dorsey behind the scenes, maybe he deserves, I don't want to say Dayball deserves no credit, Nick, but Dorsey probably deserves a ton of credit too for developing Josh Allen, turning him from that kind of uh, that rookie quarterback that scared the crap out of us to uh, to now the superstar that he is, right? Dorsey, Josh Allen, keeping that pair together. I like it. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, Ryan. Uh, now, I'm not one. I see a lot of people throwing out there, you know, it's not a Bill's Word podcast, but I don't like, you know, uh, verbally subtweet somebody um, <laughs> for social media usage. But, uh, you know, you're going to see out there that your favorite Twitter follower is going to say, what a great hire, this, that, and the other thing. I don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows unless they are Josh Allen, what, what these particular guys have done to help them. You know, we're not in the locker room. Great hire, whatever. But it does seem, there does seem to be some clear developmental things in terms of the way Josh Allen physically plays football with two, I, I don't want to say hires, but two things in his career. One being in 2019, as a rookie, they didn't have Ken Doris, or excuse me. They, they, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I said that right. They did not have Ken Dorsey when he was a rookie. He came the year after. Um, Ken Dorsey, 2019. Josh Allen improved after that. And when Josh Allen, before the draft, he was working with Jordan Palmer, kind of like the off-season quarterback guru guy that everyone uses nowadays. I mean, Josh Allen's his like the feather in his cap. <laughs> it's, he's like he's like Definitely. the best quarterback that's worked with him. Um, you know, unless unless someone wants to debate Sam Darnold's like another one. I don't know if Joe Burrow worked with them. That could be one. But, uh, yeah, those two guys, they seem to be the ones who really work with, like, his mechanics and that sort of thing, at least based on just what they say. And I think comparatively, Brian Dable had experience as an offensive coordinator in Buff- before Buffalo. He was not Ken Dorsey, who was, what, the best college quarterback maybe ever. Um, didn't work out in the pros, of course, but still had that experience. Been out there when the Bolts have been flying and I'm not one to say, you know, that's necessary. I mean, obviously, Brian Dable was not an all-pro quarterback, um, at least to my knowledge. Um, but uh, he, he wasn't that, and he's still the head coach in the NFL, and probably for good reason. Neither was a guy named Sean McDermott. But uh, you, you don't need those things. You can still know what you're talking about. But it definitely seems like you can point to at least some, you know, assumption that, yes, Ken Dorsey kind of his relation with being able to say, I was there when the bullets were live. I know what you're talking about combined with some Jordan Palmer. Yes. And I think that worked out perfectly before. And here's the question that we're going to get. We're going to find the answer to in a year from now, we're talking on the bills where podcast again, Ryan is can Ken Dorsey translate that into what Brian Dable did. What did Brian Dable do? He was calling the plays on game day, which is maybe even bigger uh, for 
developing a quarterback, putting him in the position to succeed is just as important as, you know, making him able to succeed, in my opinion. I mean, those are two huge things. Can Ken Dorsey do both of those? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Um, I don't think he's really has much play calling experience in, in his uh, coaching career, but hey, you know what? He's, he, he's been right there next to, uh, next to Allen, next to Dable. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think it's the most logical hire. And again, we kind of talked about uh, the spoil system when it came to Shane and Dable in New York, and it just kind of seemed like it was going to go uh, it was going to go Dorsey the whole way through. I mean, yep. there was no. We saw some reports that Dable was interested in it, uh, and Dable was interested in part of me and Dorsey Dorse coming to New York. But I mean, come on, if you're if you're Ken Dorsey and you're you're kicking your foot in the door of being uh, being an offensive coordinator for the first time. Well, what are you going to go with? I mean, Bills. Do I, Bills. Do I, yeah. yeah, you made yeah. the right decision, Ken. Do I have to explain that, people? Like, no. I mean, it's going to go. Literally, you'd have to go to New York and change. You have to start over. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah, it's yeah. all in front of you here in Buffalo, right? And I think the reason I'm I'm holding on to it, and you're right, Nick. Like we have no idea. We're going to have to watch this play out um, and see what happens. But I think the fact that there's a relationship there between Dorsey and Again, sorry, Dorse and Josh Allen. That yes, please a, respect the nickname. Yeah, please yeah, respect yeah. the nickname. I keep, I keep that. <laughs> that there's a, a tight relationship there. And, you know, even if there could be a collaboration there, right? Like Josh Allen is now that guy where he probably gets some input in play calling, right? Like when they're developing the game plan, I'm sure Josh Allen will have some say in that. And they could kind of put together the, the scripted plays and, and all that. So I think Dorsey's first year as the play caller it's probably good that he has that tight relationship with Josh Allen going into it, right? So I'm just going to hold on to that relationship there um, and, and hope for good things. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Allen paraphrasing endorsed Dorsey for the job, and that's kind of all you had to hear, right? Yep. When, a guy's, when a guy who is drilled to the PR excellence, that is Sean McDermott or Josh Allen, comes out and says, this is what I want, uh, he knows what he's saying, and he knows what weight it holds. And he came out and said he didn't say his name at first. That there's a guy in this. He said, "quote unquote," kind of paraphrasing again. There's a guy in this building. And then the follow up was Ken Dorsey, and he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so, so he knows what Good he was job, saying. Good job, Josh Allen. Keeping so, that close to yeah. the vest for about thirty seconds. Good job. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he's not keeping it close to his vest, you know. And he's not coming out and saying, you know, we tried hard. This, this team's great. Blah blah blah. When he's saying, "No, this is what I want. This is what he wants." That's it. Huge brother in the cap of Ken Dorsey. And that's kind of all you had to hear going forward. And I kind of, you know, maybe started writing up the draft and hit up uh, hit up Coley, our graphics guy, and said, hey, man, uh, you know, Josh Allen just said he wants to hire Ken Dorsey, so it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. He made the graphic now, even though it's like a week out from happening, and he did. And we ended up using it. It's a beautiful graphic, so thank you, Coley. <laughs> well done. Yeah, no, that's – and that's all you need to hear. If Josh Allen's endorsing him, then – He's endorsing Dorse. Look at that. No, so no. Look at that. Bam. Getting, getting really cheesy here on the on podcast the, name. Yeah. We got the episode name done. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Josh Allen endorses Dorse. That's the, that's the title. I like that. Lo- love it. That's pretty. You could steal that. I don't think I'm going to title the podcast that, Nick, but you could steal that for an article. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. So what else, what else is going on with the coaching staff? Give me, give me one more. Give me one more minute on the coaching staff. We have a new uh, offensive line coach. You want to talk about him? I heard. Yeah, we got a couple change, new ones. Yeah, uh, some changes coming, maybe with the special teams. Give me, give me one more minute on 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 what interests interests sure. you most about um, other changes on the staff. So we have uh, top of the top of the food chain for me. I'm going to start there. Leslie Frazier's back as a defensive coordinator. That's kind of falling under the radar now. But yes, uh, there's yeah. one one quote unquote opening. But uh, the Vikings are going to hire. I'm sorry, his name Kevin O'Connell. I think is his name. He's the defensive coordinator for the Rams legally can't be hired until after the Super Bowl, but it's going to happen, which means that Leslie Frazier's back. Um, Debate it if you want, but the Bills can only play the hand of their dealt. Their defense played that, and they were the number one defense in the league, and they got the guy who's calling the plays back. We just wondered if that'll work on offense. Well, it worked on defense, and it's going to happen again for the Bills, so that's great. Um, So in terms of additions, we have Aaron Cromer along the offensive line. New O-line coach, he's replacing Bobby Johnson, who went over to the Giants from the Bills, but not exactly. It's a lateral move, but um, it, I guess the best way to explain it is his contract was up with the Bills, so he was kind of kind of like Davis Webb. Like his contract was up because he was on the practice squad, where the coach's contract is up, so he was able to make that lateral move. So maybe the Bills were going to move on from him anyways, even if no one got hired, and that hire ended up being Aaron Cromer. 
little bit of a mixed past. He had a weird time in Chicago where he was like, you know, talking crap about Jay Cutler when he was the offensive coordinator and then came out and admitted it to the team. And that was just bizarro uh, to read about. Um, and then also a legal situation where he got into a tussle with a, a young man uh, when he was on with his family or something like that. Chargers ended up being dropped. That was actually when he was in Buffalo for the first time. And speaking of that, the Bills led the NFL in rushing the two years that he was their offensive coordinator, off, offensive line coach uh, to 2015, 2016. So the Bills need help uh, when the run game. So Aaron Cromer, Again, we're not in here. Don't listen to anyone on Twitter who says they know what they're talking about. I don't know anything about Aaron Cromer, but there are some pieces that are looking, hey, this could be a good hire. Um, who else do we have? Oh, and Joe Brady is now the uh, is now the quarterback's coach for the Bills. Um, he comes in as, I guess, uh, you know, Allen's number two coach. Uh, Brady is – I mean, hey, he, uh, he, his name rose to fame. He's only a little bit – He's around our age. He's only about 32, 33. Uh, but, uh, speak for, yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's in his 30s, young guy. But he was at LSU just a couple years ago. Uh, he was pulling the strings with a uh, guy named Joe Burrow, who has a pretty big game coming up. And uh, kind of rose to fame in coaching circles. A, a lot of credit went his way. Uh, things fell by the wayside. And we knew it was the Carolina Panthers last year. But uh, when he had a guy named Joe Burrow again, did pretty good. And I think that Josh Allen is more comparable to Joe Burrow than maybe a Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater is. So Joe Brady's done some good things when he's had a good quarterback to work with, which I know you can see that's kind of easy, you know, when you have a, a better product to work with. But, hey, you know, it, it works. It, it, it was a positive hire before. Um, cool. Hope it works out again. I'm not going to – I know a million things about him. And our favorite topic, Ryan, special teams. Uh F. Right as we got on, right as we got on the another beautiful episode of the Bills Wire podcast, even though I'm way over a minute now. My <laughs> I know, I gave, I gave you a minute, but keep going. Uh, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll round it out here. Uh, Heath Farwell is out as the Bills special teams coordinator. Um, again, it might kind of, we never saw a news release. We'll probably get some more details. Check out uh, Bills Wire again, a shameless plug. We'll see if maybe his contract was up, kind of like a Bobby Johnson situation, like I said. But uh, yeah, we. Uh, we had uh, plenty to say about uh, Micah Hyde eventually taking punts, about returns and kick returns. And then we had Marquis Stevenson kind of turning the ball over a couple times, Isaiah McKenzie being the quick, quick yank. And all that said, we haven't even touched on Matt Hawk, who, uh, I don't know, he's more like Matt Hack, where his name's spelled a couple times, you know. Just did not get the job done. We've mentioned it before. Um, if you are a punter out there, Godspeed, but if you don't have a left leg that you can kick with, Sean McDermott does not want you on this team. Uh, so that's the real, he loves that. He loves that thing that Belichick, Belichick loves too. The left-footed punter, the ball spins different. Something like returners have to think about. Or again, you know, I'm not in the room. I'm 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 just guessing here. Loves that, but yeah, the Bills, their the return, their 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 punting and their return games is not great. Well, you know, Farwell's not out there doing all that stuff, but uh, yeah, it kind of seems like uh, maybe he had his hand in, speaking of cookie jars, he had his hand in the special teams cookie jar and the results were a little mixed. So the Bills didn't replace him. He went and took another job with the Saints. Uh, so he's uh, God's he's moving there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll, catch you later, brother. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see how, uh, how the Bills fill that role. But in another spot, the Bills have to fill uh, – albeit not quite an offensive coordinator. Uh, Sean McDermott will tell you every single chance he gets. It's a three-phase game, and the Bills have to fill that one. So Yeah, can we get Matt Hawk to punt it 45 yards a punt? Can we, is, is that too much to ask? Can we just get him to 45? Yeah, I think that's a reasonable average punt in the, for an NFL punter. So, uh, but yeah, we can. that's a recycled rant. I'm not going to do it right now, Nick. I've, I've, I've done that rant plenty of times. People can go back at yeah. our and, and listen to those rants. If they, if they yeah, yeah, that... that, that Matt, Matt, I'm calling him Matt Hack until he proves me otherwise. But this is the problem. We're talking about the the new special teams coach instead of the Super Bowl with the Bills, right? I mean, the, the Bills <laughs> yeah. the Bills should be playing in the Super Bowl right now. Uh, instead, we have Stefan Diggs openly tampering at the Pro Bowl, like just admitting that he's tampering with everybody, telling him to come to Buffalo. I thought that was kind of funny. And then we got Josh Allen polishing off his golf game at the Pro Am. And, and anything with the word "pro" in it at this time of year just kind of just adds to the pain, right? And and, uh, you know, watching those championship games last week or, or a week ago, I just think, you know, I said it at the time, I'm saying it again, the Bills would have easily been the best team left standing between Cincinnati, the Rams, the 49ers, championship weekend. I think the Bills were the best team out of that bunch easily. So it is, it is painful that we're here talking about the freaking special teams coordinator instead of the Super Bowl. So I just, 
wanted to get that off. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of uh, you know, it was a, I guess a fun week to see Stefan Diggs rolling around in the field wrestling his brother, yeah. <laughs> all that crap. But it would have been a lot more fun seeing him at the podium on Monday of Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, media, media, yeah, media day. Media yeah. day, media day. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing better than that. So, but we can still talk about the Super Bowl, Nick. So coming up next, we're going to get. Um, we're going to get some, well, first of all, we're going to get some Super Bowl betting advice from our friends at the Bet Slipping Podcast, who, those are the experts, Nick, so we're going to get, we're going to get their advice, and then Nick and I will be back to make our picks, including some of our favorite prop bets, maybe? We'll do that right on Beautiful. the other side. Yeah, we'll do that right on the other side. Stick with us. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slipping Podcast, presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Super Bowl matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and Cincinnati Bengals. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Rams favored by 4.5 points and the total sitting at 48.5. I'm laying the points with the Rams because they have the better coach, they have the better offense, the better defense, the better special teams, and they're playing in their home stadium. Nate, how are you betting this game? I'm laying fewer points. The Rams and the Bengals are combined one and five over under in this postseason, and the two defenses have played better than expected. I'll take the under 48 and a half. That was your typical sportsbook minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Nick, let's do this. All right. And and just uh, right off the bat for folks that are listening, um, just follow with caution. If you follow any of these bets that Nick and I make, follow with caution. We are not experts. We are not out here throwing down real money. Although, Nick... I do have a $100 bet on the Super Bowl. I do that every year, and I bet on the spread, and I have a bet placed on the Super Bowl, and drum roll, please, who did I bet on? The Rams. I bet on the Rams. I got, uh, I, got, okay. I, I got them at minus four. The line's been bouncing all over the place. I think on Tipico early this week, it was at three and a half, and it gone down the Bengals' way. Uh, it was Rams minus three and a half, which, you know, I should have driv- I should have drove my ass to New Jersey and placed a bet with Tipico at three and a half. That's the best odds I've seen on the Rams, but I do have them at minus four, and I just feel like I feel like the Rams have played horrible throughout the postseason. They were pretty good in that first game against Arizona, Nick, but they were horrible in the second half against the Bucks, and I mean horrible. They almost lost a 27-3 lead, snapping the ball over Matt Stafford's head, just doing fumbling it at the end of the game when all they had to do was run the clock out, like just craziness. Like the Rams have been trying to give these games away. They were down by 10 points to an inferior 49ers team at home in the championship game, but they still win. These games are, ask Buffalo. These games are really hard to win. It's really hard to get to the Super Bowl. The Rams have been playing like their B plus game, maybe worse, and still have gotten through and are in the Super Bowl. So yeah, I just think if they yeah. put their if they put it all together, their best for Cincy's best, I think it's the Rams. I think it's their year. I just I just kind of smell it coming for them. I just think again, they've tried so hard. It's like they're trying to give these games away, Nick, but they can't. They keep winning. And I just feel like if they put it together. They could win by multiple scores in the Super Bowl. I really, I really feel that's kind of my take on the game. But what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I keep hearing these random things like, you know, I don't know, the Bengals are, you know, five and one against the spread and these kind of games and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, well, you know, it sounds good, but my 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 heart like wants me to go Bengals, and my mind just keeps putting me back to the Rams. I mean, I think in a lot of these scenarios, especially in the Super Bowl, brings the stars out. You know, you're never going to see a you know, maybe you will see like, you know, defensive tackle win the MVP or something like that. But, you know, it's going to be a quarterback most likely. Uh, one of the props I sometimes will throw out there is like, uh, who's going to win the MVP award? And it's, it's like good quarterback yeah. Yeah. or any other position. <laughs> it's always quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think the, the thing a lot of people overthink is you're going to go, okay, well, you know, you got OBJ, you got Cooper Cup, but, you know, you got, you got some talent on the Bengals and, you know, Jamar Chase is pretty ridiculous and, this and that, but I mean, just looking in the trenches, I mean, you got that Bengals offensive line trying to block, you know, the likes of Aaron Donald and Von Miller and like big advantage for LA, big advantage. I see a huge man. And that's why the last year I went with the Buccaneers because I, you know, uh, Mahomes both tackles were injured last year and out. 
And I was like, I just kept going to bet. And I'm like, I cannot see them winning up against that pass rush. And sure, Burrow will we'll get some plays out there. But I mean, who they've played so far, I mean, nobody, nobody, there's, you could play 31 other teams and you're not going to face a defensive line with the talent like the Rams probably have. I mean, very few, you know, you got, you know, the Watts out there and whatnot, but Aaron Donald in the, in the middle is a guy of his own. And you don't think Von Miller is going to be, you know, next level when it comes to the big stage. I mean, for me, it's like, come on, I, I, right there, I'm thinking Rams, just, just the defensive line alone. And I think the playmakers and quarterbacks and everyone else can go head to head, but that's kind of my difference maker right there is, uh, is, is, is the play in the trenches. I can just feel it going the Rams way right now. Yeah, and it's actually, it's, it's actually moving the Rams way on Typico as well. So we're talking on the Wednesday before the Super Bowl. Um, on Tuesday on Typico, it was three and a half, the Rams spread, but it's back up to four and a half now. So uh, the line is now moving to the Rams side if we're using the Typico uh, you know, app. And, you know, if you want to go and, and you like the Bengals and you want to go with them at plus four and a half, go for it. You know, I, I, that's the more fun bet. I agree with you 100%. The Bengals are the team I'm rooting for. If the Bengals win, I don't care about my bet. I'm just betting because I think I think the Rams are going to win. That's just my where my brain is pulling me. I just can't get over. And again, it's that you just nailed it. Like it's that mismatch up front. I just can't get over how bad the Bengals' offensive line is and how good the Rams' pass rush is. And never never mind that they have Jalen Ramsey to cover Jamar Chase. It's just the matchup favors yeah, the yeah. Rams, you know? But if you want to bet on the Bengals at plus four and a half, I'm not going to give anybody any crap for that because Joe Burrow is freaking fun and hilarious, and I love him. And my wife's whole family is from Ohio, and we travel to literally the Cincinnati area all the time to go visit her family. So I know they're pulling for Cincinnati. If they listen to this podcast, they're going to have my head on a stake. They're all pulling for the Bengals. So, uh, but again, I, you know, so I'm rooting for the Bengals, just like you, Nick. But my bet is on the Rams, uh, and uh, now I like my I like my bet at minus four because that's that line is now ballooned to four and a half on Tipico, and they had the best uh, the best price for the Bengals um, as you know 24 hours ago. So that's making me feel good. Um, let's talk about some prop bets here. So I'm going to throw a few at you, Nick, and get your take on them. Uh, let's M- do it. MVP is a good one because. As you mentioned, the the guys that are the favorites are always going to be the quarterbacks. So Stafford is going to be your favorite because the Rams are favored. So Stafford's favorite to be the MVP. Joey Burrow is going to be the second, have the second best odds because the quarterbacks are always going to be the ones that have the best odds. But I'm looking at Cooper Cup, plus 600, Nick, plus 600 for Cooper Cup. So Cooper Cup, he's been dominating all year long, but he's been dominating in the playoffs too. He's gotten targeted 32 times. 25 catches, 386 yards, four touchdowns in the playoffs, three playoff games. That's ridiculous. I just think Cooper Cup, if you're looking for a bet that's not a quarterback, I, I'm not a big Matt Stafford guy. I think the Rams win in spite of Matt Stafford. I, I think he's, I think he kind of sucks, to be honest with you. I don't think he's that good. Uh, and, and I think he, he's someone that scares me a little bit as somebody who bet on the Rams. So I could really see a scenario where the Rams win but it's not Matt Stafford who spearheads them to the win. It's one of these other guys. And if you want to go out on a limb and bet on like an Aaron Donald, okay, or a Vaughn Miller, okay, you're going to get some good odds to do that. But I think MVP, where I'm getting good a good price for, for one of the best players on the field, the guy that's been dominating all playoffs long, a guy that I could see having a huge Super Bowl, Cooper Cup plus 600 MVP, I kind of like that bet. Yeah, I think that this is a good Super Bowl to – you know, last year, I kind of even just like, dis- I remember last year, I like discovered the bet, at least, I don't know what book it was on at the time, but um, we'll assume hopefully typically something similar where it's just, you could either bet who's going to win, as I mentioned, a quarterback or somebody else. Might be like, I guess a good year in general to throw something on, I guess, non-quarterback, a yeah. little bit safer uh, actually, there. I like that bet. And because I, I guess both teams alone really have guys where you could see that happening, where, I don't know, angles pull the upset. Jamar Chase, like 200 yards, maybe. Like, I could see that happening because that has literally happened this year. <laughs> then you got that defensive line. I already mentioned, don't have to go more into them. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, those guys get a couple sacks for one of them. That's a good MVP bet. Um, you, you touched on Cooper Cup. He's the number one. Heck, even, even OBJ, like, what if he ends up with like two, three touchdown catches in like a 28 to 21 final? Like, Good one. That's pretty plus, good. He's plus, That's he's, pretty good. He's plus 2,000, and I, I like him, too. I like him, too. Yeah, and I, again, I'm not – I think I think Stafford's 
I don't know, average quarterback, like a pretty like average quarterback that sometimes can go above average on occasion, but nothing, you know, I'm not going to put him. I would put Burrow probably ahead of him, but um, you know, you never know. You never know. I, th- I think that this might be a good one. You have a couple options. So if I can find that uh, prop bet of non quarterback, I think I'm going to think I'm going to smash that one this year and maybe see what's uh, what I can get uh, rolling. As, as you said, you like to put a hundred dollars down. I usually cap myself at a hundred, but I'll put like, you know, maybe 25 in the spread. 25 on you know non-quarterback MVP you know something like that you know I just go crazy and sprinkle them all around it I think non might be a good non-QB year but we'll see if you're if you're looking for a hedge and you like Burrow and you like the Bengals you might as well I think if the Bengals win Joe Burrow plays amazing because of what he's up against against that defense Nick so if, if the Bengals win I think Joe Burrow plays amazing I don't think I would bet any Bengal to win MVP other than Burrow uh, I don't think I'd pick Jamar Chase, I, I, you know, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, no. I think it'd be Joe Burrow would be my pick for MVP if the Bengals win. So if you're looking to bet the Bengals and you and you like Burrow, why bet the – like don't bet the Bengals' money line at plus 175. Bet Burrow to win MVP at plus 220 on Tipico. Better odds, I think, I, I think that's a good hedge if you're – if you're looking to bet the Bengals. So there's just a little, that's a little nugget, nugget for you. Um, that, that is, I like that. Another thing that's, um, that's fun to bet is, are these anytime touchdown scores. Now, some people can say, I want to bet this guy to be the first touchdown scorer. And that's a little crazy. That's a little too rich for my, my blood, Nick. That's a little too random for me. That's a tough one. But anytime touchdown score, and you mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. And I actually want to place a bet on OBJ to score a touchdown in this game anytime. He's at plus 120. I just feel like Sean McVay is, is dialing things up for him when the Rams cross the 50. He just seems like he's getting more involved in that area. They like his hands, his athleticism around the goal line. I could definitely see OBJ getting a lot of uh, red zone targets. And again, in the red zone, if the the Bengals are trying to key on Cooper Cup, it could give OBJ some, some daylight. So I like OBJ as an anytime scorer. But I'm looking at the Bengals, too, on this side. Jamar Chase as an anytime scorer is even money, plus 100. Uh, and I just think there's like this this overreaction to Jalen Ramsey. And I know Jalen Ramsey's great. And we can kind of assume that he's going to be covering Chase. But we're getting even money on Chase, who's one of the most electric players in the in the NFL. And Burrow loves him and, and targets him no matter what. So you're giving me even money for Jamar Chase to score a touchdown? I think I'm taking that as well. So I like... I like Jamar Chase at plus 100. I really like OBJ at plus 120 to uh, be an anytime scorer in this game. I was going to say OBJ and Chase would probably be my two anytime touchdown scorer guys as well. Um, Cooper Cup is, is probably a close third. I mean, he gets so many targets just in general. Yep. Uh, he can find I, I think this sure. is a huge uh, Cooper Cup game. I mean, I think I'm... I'm over. I'm over his receptions number. It's at eight and a half. I like the over. You can bet on his longest reception, Nick. That's at twenty-eight and a half yards. I like the over there too. I think Cooper. Oh. He can break tackles. He's a yards after the catch kind of guy. I can see him getting a thirty-yard reception. So yeah, I mean, I'm hammering all Cooper Cup MVP, anytime score, multiple touchdowns. Like, give me all that on Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Uh, I like that too. Uh, if you want to give me a fourth touchdown, I'm gonna probably go Joe Mixon. Uh, they, they they get him involved near the goal line the Bengals, the running back but in terms of chase i like chase probably the best uh even money he gets so many targets don't tell cam at rams wire but i think jalen ramsey is above average at best cornerback i think he does a lot of talking and convinces people that he's the best i think he's pretty good i've seen him just get roasted by the bills too many times a little bit of holding too from jalen holding yeah, I guess the, I think he's good, but he's like, you know, I'm God's gift to NFL, and I'm like, brother, you're not. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I kind of I agree. I tend to agree. Don't overreact to Jalen Ramsey. I, I don't I don't buy into that. You know, I see a lot of quotes with him on there, and I'm like, well, you know, you also called Josh Allen trash, and I'm the first one that'll like, you know, slaughter the Bills for something they said. But I mean, this guy was like, Josh Allen's horrible, and then he like whooped on him a couple times. And Stephon Diggs, you know, he caught a touchdown pass uh, against uh, Jalen Ramsey where. Jalen Ramsey was, how do I put it, was in like the wrong zip code on the play. <laughs> I remember in the back of the end zone or maybe it was a two-point conversion, one of those two. But, you know, and I also have a sweet spot in my heart for a guy when he gets beaten a touchdown seemingly every single time. He always looks the closest teammate of his like it was his fault. <laughs> it's literally never Jalen Ramsey's fault and he's God's gift to football. I will give him that he's a solid cornerback. I, I He's not bad. 
I don't think he's God's gift to football. Um, and I think that adds me to believe that Jamar Chase should get a touchdown in this game. With, of course, he gets like, you know, 15 targets probably. That's just how it goes in the Cincinnati world. So They're yeah. going to try to get him the ball, and you're getting even money. So, yeah, that's one of my favorite bets on the board for sure. Um, you mentioned Joe Mixon. And around the goal line, yes, I think that's that's certainly valid. But I think when you look at his, his over-under for rushing yards, it's at 62 and a half. And I think that plays Ooh. into yeah that plays into our mismatch right like Rams defensive front versus Bengals O line I just don't think it's a big mixing game mixing game no, the ball. yeah and he's actually this is surprising he's gone under that number sixty two and a half six times and since these last eight games it just shows you how much of a Burrow offense this is it's it's really Joe Burrow and it's really mixing in the passing game right I, I think this could be a big Joe Mixon in the passing game thing, but I don't think it's a big rushing game for him at all. And I'm taking the under uh, on 62 and a half for rushing yards for Mixon. I, I just don't, I don't think he comes close to sniffing that. Um, I, I just think against that Rams defensive front. No, it, it's again, it's going to be a big burrow game. So I'm taking the under on, um, on the Joe Mixon rushing yards. That's another one I like uh, Nick, but what's some of the, what's like your favorite degenerate prop bet, right? Do you, are you betting heads or tails? Are you betting the national anthem to go over? you know, whatever it is, 45 seconds or whatever that is. Uh, I think the, the best thing I've heard all year is um, will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage during the halftime show? Now, it's not what will Snoop Dogg smoke, it's if. Will will Snoop Dogg smoke <laughs> incredible. Uh, on stage and it's plus 250. Yes. So you're getting uh, plus odds that he will smoke something on stage during the halftime show. I think that's my that might be my favorite degenerate prop that I've heard of this year, but what's your favorite? I am, I, I said it before, I'm a huge coin toss guy. Coin toss every year. This year, heads is just screaming to me. I mean, All right. it's... I might, I'll back you on that. I'm going to back you on heads. I've never done the I coin mean, toss. It's, it's, I do the coin toss every year. Got, got to get the coin toss in. That's always like a $25 bet. I'm like, screw it. This is 50%. Let's go. All right. It's not getting any better than that when you're at the casino. Let's go 50%. It's, it's a it good ain't, point. It ain't landed on a bet. <laughs> it's a good point, but you got to factor in the juice, like, right? Like we're not getting, we're not getting compl- the perfect odds from the sports book. Yeah, yeah, true. But, um, you know, I'm just feeling with, uh, you know, the way, the way things with, uh, with our man, Josh Allen went, um, <laughs> he, would have, he needed to call heads, and I feel like that's just screaming to me. Bet heads, Nick. So, bet heads. So we're going. And, we're going with what Josh Allen called in that Kansas City overtime. That's what we're going. Yes. With. Okay. Yeah. I'm following. And you. and I have so for me another one. This isn't really a tip, uh, you know a, a Super Bowl specific one because you can do these all season long. I had a friend mentioned, and I told him to bet it in the NFC Championship game, and he hit it. Matt Stafford rushing yards was at like like 1.5 or a half a yard yeah, in that game. That tends to happen. Crush that. He's currently right now, it looks like five and a half. I mean, that's still kind of like one scramble maybe. I, I, I know before, I think it was at like two and a half or three and a half. I kind of like that. That's like maybe if he accidentally falls too far forward on a QB sneak, he can get like almost there. Five and a half. He's, he's going to need to actually take off to get the five and a half, but I think he can do it. I, I like that statue quarterback, you know, rushing yards where it's like, will he run literally one time? Like, not <laughs> Well, let me tell like, you what scares me, Nick, about that is like, doesn't the kneel downs, doesn't that count against his rushing? Yeah, yeah, it's true. So that's if you true, think but... the Rams are going to win and have a chance to kneel it out, like if Stafford has six rushing yards and you're going to hit it and then he kneels it down, like that would be devastating. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You got, you got me on that one. <laughs> so that's why I'm scared of it. I still like to roll the dice a little bit yeah, and hit, hit, hit that one and just, uh, you know, just for a little fun, you know? I mean, is Matt, Matt Stafford going to run the ball literally one time in the game? Because, you know, at some point there's going to be, you know, it's all about the thrill, right? So there's going to be at least one or two points in the game where you put, you know, a $20 spot down on Matt Stafford and run three yards. And he's just standing there. And he's just standing there. And he's just standing there. And you're go, like, go, Matt. Go. Oh, God, will you run the ball? <laughs> yeah. and, then he throw, and then he throws it away. And you're like, I hate football. <laughs> Until the next snap. Then you're like, all right, I'm back. 100%. <laughs> there's, there's some fun ones out there. If, if people are looking for something, just give them a little bit more rooting interest. Like, first of all, yeah, the coin toss is a really fun one. The, the, uh, the national anthem, just take the over. And you're hanging on every word, literally, at the end. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so take the over for the national anthem. Um, there's a fun one when you could do the doink. You can bet that a, any kick will hit an upright 
or a crossbow. Oh, beautiful. And it's called the doink, and you get plus 400 uh, that it will doink. Um, and so Ooh. that one I bet last year, it, there were no doinks. So, But me and my buddies bet the doink, uh, the doink special, they called it. Yeah. And uh, that one was really fun. I mean, you're literally you're rooting for every kick to hit an upright, and if it's close, you're on, you're on the edge of your sheet, seat. So that one's good. You can also bet on the uh, the over under for the longest field goal. And oh, th- this year's game, you know, McPherson for the Bengals is having a huge year, and I think the over under for the longest field goal is around like forty seven or forty seven and a half yards. So mm. take the over. That could be a, a fun one when a team's gets across the 45-yard line. You can start rooting for them to stall out, get a long field goal attempt. And then another one that's kind of fun, too, is like, you know, the short, the uh, the shortest touchdown rush, right? What's it like? One and a half yards? So you can bet whether there's going to be a one-yard touchdown rush. Yeah. Um, and that's always a fun one, too. So there's a lot of ways you can enhance your, uh, your viewing experience during the Super Bowl. We also have, uh, I usually don't bet this one because I'm always just blown away. How the hell do you get these odds? Is color Gatorade? Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, oh, I'm like, well, how do they, that how one the seems like a plant? Odd? It seems like a plant to me. Yeah, every year I'm like, uh, sometimes uh, I think this year I'm going to take a uh, charge of it where they kind of have, uh, you know, like, I mean, you get squares. Like, I bought my girlfriend, you know, a couple squares uh, so she can have fun during the game and uh, that you can do like, uh, kind of like you throw in maybe $5 and you get a sheet of questions and you get like a point per one you get right and i like to throw that on on that sort of thing where it's like over under you know you bet the over and under for the you know the the, the actual anthem you put the gatorade on there you put all these little things on there you kind of bet and whoever gets i like the most that right, you know fun. when so yeah. it's, it's a little it's a little chic it's like you know it's, it's like everyone can have a little fun but like you don't feel like a degenerate like me so <laughs> you're not putting uh, actual like, money on each thing like we're yeah, gonna do like yeah exactly so it's when I, I like the gatorade for that one but like you know it's when they when i see it on a sports book i'm like what does FanDuel know that i don't know or what does typico know that i don't know or what does DraftKings know that i don't know about this damn gatorade <laughs> yeah it's gonna be some like obscure gatorade color that nobody thought of and then everybody loses you know that kind of thing yeah i just uh, that's where my i'm a conspiracy theory with that thing then it's water uh, yeah it's water yeah it's water there's water in the gatorade bucket so uh but i think clear is usually on there but uh whatever uh yeah, so it's just a, it's just a way to to enjoy the uh, enjoy the Super Bowl in a different way when your Bills or your team isn't in it. Nick, uh, how do you enjoy the Super Bowl? Like, what goes on for you? You got to do you throw a party? Do you go to a party? Are you hanging with friends, family? What's what's going on with you? Yeah, I was just gonna say I, uh, I was gonna, gonna ask you the same thing and ask what your kind of favorite like dishes at the at the game, Ryan. But uh, I usually I usually go go to elsewhere. Um, Going to a friend's house this year. Um, we usually uh, actually hadn't watched a Super Bowl before yet, so kind of a new new tradition maybe starting here. And uh, yeah, my favorite part of the Super Bowl. I, I love p- placing the bets, but I love the food. Uh, I mean, my you know, we've had a we've had a couple of late nights uh, recently with New Year's. Me and the pals, you know, had a good time. And I'm like, listen, I'm not about I'm not about the drinking on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm about winning all my bets, and I'm about chowing down. I mean, sign me up for some buffalo chicken dip for sure, 100%. Lock that in. That's my number one. That's that, huge. The, yeah, that's, that's so good. That's that, you know, some taco dip, something like that. Just all those appetizers, everything. And please, like, if, you, if I'm having a party for six, bring food for 12 because I'm eating for everybody myself. Yeah. So, so, so if people let me make a dish for the Super Bowl, this is a little, this is a little different. This is totally East Coast. But I, I really got into making a chowder. Ooh. And I'll make a good clam chowder. Um, you know, you, you chop up the potatoes, you do the, you, I put some bacon in there, little, uh, celery, all the, all the fixings for the, for the chowder, man, it is, it always comes out amazing. And I also, I also add a little bit of cayenne, a little kick in there. Oh, oh it's, it's so good, but it's not good. All for right. What, what time you want me over? <laughs> exactly. It's, I'll, 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 I'll definitely make you some chowder sometime, my man. Uh, yeah, that sounds delicious. It's, ter- yeah, it's yeah. terrible for you, you know, because when you, when you make chowder, like it's easy to order a cup of chowder when you're like at a restaurant, but like yeah. when you make it yourself, you're like, holy crap, this is not good for me. Um, so it's, you know, it's something that I really enjoy making and it's so freaking good. Um, but I don't make it very often. But I, I will do it for the Super Bowl. So um, I make it for my, my wife won't touch it, but I'll make that for myself. The problem with me this year is that we have a four month old. So, I was going to uh, say, yeah, yeah. And he, his, his bedtime, Nick, is 7 p.m. And it, you really got to hit that or else you, it'll be hell for the rest of the night if he doesn't hit his bedtime. So the baby's going to be in bed at 7. 
if we go to some type of Super Bowl party, we'll have to go early and then come home. So I think once the game kicks off, it'll be just kind of quiet here in the living room uh, with me, you know, eating chowder and, uh, and and rooting for my bets. So, um, but that's, not that's that Gatorade of, color. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, if I can make it to the Gatorade bath, then that that's good. That means it's a win. <laughs> I have to get enough money on the game for me to make it to nine thirty at night because, again, I have a young infant child and. Uh, you know, if the game was at eight thirty, forget it, Nick. I wouldn't make it. Uh, but the six thirty start gives me a chance. So I know. I'm I'm you're, you were, right now, we're at about that time of Super Bowl planning. We were like, why the hell is this game not on Saturday? Like, oh, it's so true. We gotta work on. We gotta work on Monday morning. Or give us Monday but, off. Come on. Yeah, I mean, come on, somewhere around here. When's, but Patri- that- when's Patriots Day? Can we make it like that weekend? You know, like there's a a weekend where there's a Monday off type deal yeah like, it, i don't know it, when the next one is but something's gotta something's gotta give but yeah uh, uh it, it's always tough on that uh, that sunday night because i love the food and everything but the only thing i hate more than my body after you know eating all that <laughs> is just like oh oh god i gotta work in the morning that's right <laughs> yeah seriously bill's just... wire bill's wire ain't gonna run itself <laughs> no it's not and you know one of these days you're really gonna have to work and you're gonna have to cover the bills in the game yeah, yeah uh, we'll see we'll that's, see yeah that's got to be around the corner unfortunately it's not this year but uh hey man enjoy the game good luck with your bets all right and, and again just a disclaimer you know follow at your own peril you know what i mean don't don't yell, at, yell don't yell at us if you follow our bets that we talked about here and it doesn't work out for you because again this is where my uh little account on my on the app goes to die this is where my <laughs> this is where my my winnings for the year or wherever my account is at this is where it goes away so i'm still waiting for that year nick where everything doubles and i prosper for the super bowl hopefully this is the time yeah yeah it's uh i love i love the super bowl i love betting on it uh, the last couple of years i kind of started doing that and it, it got the itch going and here we are now betting on the golden state warriors to go wire to wire last week when i was in san francisco won that bet by the way so nice. your man's on fire so uh yeah again please don't yell at us when i'm not on fire come sunday evening but i will be on fire when that coin toss happens let's go heads believe all right we're believe going, in heads we're going heads <laughs> we're all going together we're all betting heads and in, in, uh in uh, honor of josh allen so uh everybody thanks for hanging with us on the pod this week we'll be back later this offseason as as news breaks with the bills uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.